0: yo 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 we've survived week one drew don't panic it must feel good being up at the top is it lonely up there if you didn't know uh welcome to the show around the 412 fantasy football show week two um something that we haven't really talked about but probably should uh we got two entries into scott fishbowl 13 and um We're not doing half bad. So, Drew, uh, how was last week for you fantasy wise? How are you feeling? How was fishbowl? How does it feel to be in the middle of September already?
1: It feels great. Uh, Nine wins out of thirteen leagues, including my fishbowl, where I uh, came in uh, second highest in my league in scoring, well above the average. So I'm two and zero heading into (laughs) fishbowl. And that, that was what starting Chega gave me a goose egg. I'd probably be in the top one fifty actually if I would have started by their tight end. So Yeah. Pretty good.
0: Feels good. Feels good. I know for me, uh, I also want to know in the fishbowl. Kind of a yeah. lukewarm showing like across the board. Uh, went five and five. Um, a lot of the teams I expected to do well did not do so well. A lot of the teams I didn't expect to do great won some surprising matchups. Um, but that's why we do it. A lot of variance in week one and um yeah, let's uh, let's get on with it. So, um, as we're rolling here, as always, if you have questions that you want to throw out for your start sits, whatever you have, trade scenarios, throw us at us in the chat. We'll get those answered. But yeah, let's get going, Drew. Um, what's going on in the world as far as uh, as far as injuries go?
1: Yeah, let's take care of some of these easy ones first. Um, so, our love Deontay Johnson hamstring injury. Um, team is saying four weeks. I've been talking to some of my insider friends, not Zach. I don't talk to Zach anymore since he bailed. Um talk a couple of my friends and I was just I was telling them like if he doesn't go on IR, personally I think he's on the two or three week missed, not the four range, but obviously we'll see. The the Steelers historically are a bit conservative in terms of uh holding guys out if they think that they're not 100%. You know how Mike Tomlin is. If if he doesn't practice during the week, even if they think he's good for Sunday, if he didn't practice, he ain't playing. So he's someone that we have to monitor, obviously, starting probably two or three weeks from now. Um, We also have Austin Eckler, who showed up on the report with a low ankle sprain. Um, He didn't practice today, but they essentially said that this was more of a vet day off. I I don't think that there's going to be any issues with him come Sunday, which is – ironic because Josh Kelly like the waiver ads the fab that was thrown around for him is kind of crazy considering oh yeah uh,
0: and he I mean, had a great game too I mean both of them performed really well
1: yeah yeah he, he did have some touches and it wasn't just when Eckler went out it was along the way but I, I just feel like Eckler still we know he's the guy so just, oh yeah uh, definitely especially knowing to-
0: that they are going to uh probably offload like once they're they don't want to pay him so it's like they're going to get everything they can out of it and right. make
1: it happen, so. Yeah, in my, in my fishbowl, he went 75% of our fat went on. Josh Hill. I was like, damn. Um, but, yeah. And then uh, Aaron Jones has a <clears throat> hamstring injury. This one's a little shaky. This one could go either way. Um, I personally think that he plays, but I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. So, we got to keep an eye out, have a backup option just in case he is out come Sunday. Obviously, if he is out, Aaron Jones uh, or uh, if Aaron Jones is out, A.J. Dillon will have an uptick. I'm actually interested in uh, Patrick Taylor as well because I didn't really think A.J. Dillon went. Uh, he didn't look very good when he was on the field, honestly. So I, yeah. I have Taylor in a couple DFS lineups, and if, if Aaron Jones misses, I'll keep him in. But if not, I'll take him out. Um, so he's the other guy that intrigues me. But only in DFS formats. I wouldn't play him in season long.
0: Cool. Um, before we get into some more of these injuries, there's a couple questions in the chat. <laughs> Uh super CNB challengers had asked, uh, yo, should I trade away D hop for James Cook PPR? I have digs, C D in Olave, and almost no running back depth. So to me, yep. um, I would say that they're fairly even. I think it's a fair trade. Um, knowing that you have those three dogs in that position, I think it's a good move. Um, The Titans, uh, they kicked five field goals last week, so great for Nick Folk owners out there to represent. Um, But I I do think that they're going to go pretty heavy on the ground. We saw Derrick Henry get a lot of work. Uh, Spears also got a lot of touches last week. So for me, I think that James Cook actually had a pretty tough matchup last week, performed decently well. Buffalo historically doesn't do good against the Jets' defense, especially in the Josh Allen era. Um, So to me, I say that, yeah, make that deal if they're good with it. Um, and it's a pretty fair trade, all things considered.
1: Yeah, I agree. I make that deal. Um, a couple things for me. James Cook, I talked to Joe about this a lot last year and Zach when he was on the show. I, I didn't like him as a running back in this league because I thought he was too small. I thought he looked bigger last uh, on Monday night. I don't yeah. know what it was. I thought he was playing bigger. I don't know if he put on some weight. Um, I, I really thought that he looked like a pro-style running back who's going to succeed. And then with D hop, I just don't think it's going to be a high volume offense to begin with. So even if they are run first, I don't think they're going to run enough to support any, any guys in the passing attack.
0: No, that's definitely fair. I'm trying to pull up real quick. What was like the stats, um, from last week. Um, so they only ran 30, 40 routes. Hopkins was second on the team. So Trey Burks ran 37 routes. Um, he only had three targets. Hopkins dominated the targets with 12, um, but ultimately, it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a lot of faith in that offense. I'd say they're a lower caliber offense. I like hitching my wagons to teams that are really good. Um, so to me, that seems like a pretty easy call. Um, but I, I do like that move. Um, yeah, so I say go for it. Cool. Um, also, while we're here, uh, Ricky Dunks, welcome, as always, to the show. Um, we're actually going to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons a little bit later. So uh, we definitely know the feeling.
1: Yeah, we'll hold off on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, finishing up injuries, uh, we'll go with the first Achilles injury. We'll go with J.K. Dobbins. Um, yeah, he suffered, suffered an Achilles, ruptured Achilles. This is a tough one, honestly. Like, both of them were pretty tough, but right. know like, Dobbins has gone through the past couple years to even just get back, and he's trying to – you know, he's in a contract here. He's trying to get that money, and uh, ruptured Achilles, done for the year. Um, in terms of the backfield for fantasy purposes, I I'm staying away. Um, I have no idea who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be the same guy every week. I'm just staying away entirely. So it, I mean, if you're desperate and you have to go with a guy, I actually, I could be crazy, but I went with Melvin Gordon. I just wait for him to clear, just because he's down in the practice squad, and John Harbaugh talked about him a lot during the presser when they announced that he ruptured his Achilles. So I, I thought of him free instead of wasting any Fab or like a waiver priority on. Justice Hill or Gus Edwards because I don't think we know who it is I if I had to pick between those two I personally would pick Gus Edwards just because I think that he's the more north south runner and we've seen that he can he can put up numbers he's going to get the goal line work in my opinion as well even though Justice Hill got the goal line work last week I personally think that moving forward it would be Gus Edwards um, yeah,
0: it was funny. Justice Hill very much had, like, the Jerome Bettis stat line. He had yeah. eight carries, nine yards, two touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, do you really want to trust that? I mean, we talk yeah. about a lot of guys being touchdown dependent, but, like, that was, like, truly as dependent on those points as you can right. get. So, yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in it either.
1: And then, uh, last but not least, Aaron Rodgers. Um <sighs> This is probably one of the most significant injuries we're going to talk about all season, and it's only after Week One, which it just really sucks. So, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to miss the season. Um, we won't get into what he's going to be like next year for them. I, per, you know, I think he's going to come back. I don't think he wants to go out that way, but you know, what I mean, we'll see how that works out. The big thing here is Garrett Wilson. Um, this is probably the most significant injury we're going to talk about because of him. Um, Garrett Wilson we used high second round picks on him. Some people even use first rounders if they knew that he wouldn't make it back to him. They really wanted him. Like he was supposed to go to the moon. There wasn't supposed to be any bumps along the way. Um, right. Now it's going to be a ton of bumps along the way. Um, Zach Wilson's the guy last year when he had Zach Wilson under center, he was wide receiver 61. So there, I don't yeah, know. I was just to trying to look up that number. Point. Point. Cause I was like, I know it's high and it yeah, was like, he was receiver fine receiver with
0: Flacco. Point. And then it was as soon as Wilson got in.
1: Yeah. As soon as it happened, that was the first thing that I did was look that up because I, I was texting you and Zach and like I didn't want to be a Twitter, you know, Twitter injury guy. Like I, I no, like sure, obviously, but like I knew right away because you could see the calf reverberate. That yeah, clearly Achilles. Um, so I was immediately I was just like, what's this mean for Garrett Wilson? Yeah, so wide receiver sixty one. Um, I think he's gonna fall back honestly into like the mid like 25 to 30 range for wide receivers, which really stinks. Yeah. I know looking at our rankings for the week, I'm going to
0: pull those up real quick. Like last week he was like easy top 10 play, even with the tougher matchup. Um, I think he came in at 18 this week and that's just more of like, let's see what happens. I mean, do you think think there's any scenario? Is there any scenario that you see him (laughs) doing well with Zach Wilson with
1: another year under his belt? Or do you think it's total wash? He's going to be touchdown dependent every week. Because think about what his stat line would have been last week if he didn't just have that insane catch where he just basically did it all himself and he tipped it to himself. He would have been what four for thirty, right? Yeah. So you you had him at nineteen. I didn't yeah. even rank him this week. Yeah. Um, then, but I'm just putting him at nineteen out of respect because I just think that <laughs> he is so good. Like I want him to be at least in that range. I yeah. Have a lot of pairs of him. Um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bumpy ride.
0: It's crazy because you, like, think about, like, quarterbacks, like, and, like, how much of an impact they can have. Like, and you said, oh, like, Hopkins was received or quarterback proof. Like, this guy is quarterback proof. Like, I feel like if you could get it into the general vicinity of Jar- uh, Garrett Wilson, like, he's going to catch it. I mean, you saw that with that tying touchdown yeah. last week. Like, it's unbelievable. I do think it's going to do a lot for, like, Brees Hall and even, like, Dalvin Cook, who I, we talked about this earlier, like he didn't look great at all. Like it's crazy to me. Like they went and signed him. I think Izzy uh, would have done a lot better in the roles. Like it'd be like third and short, and that dude couldn't even get like the one yard that they
1: needed. I still think that that was just a lack of conditioning because he was fighting off an injury from last year, and he just didn't practice a lot. Sure. Um, but it was funny because it was like Dalvin Cook and James Cook kind of like switched uniforms. Like for me, like, right? It, James Cook looked the way I thought Dalvin Cook would look.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Maybe it was, like, a little brother,
1: like, trying to show out in front of his big bro. Like, who knows?
0: <laughs> Can't relate. Wouldn't understand. But it is what it is. Um, anything else on the injury front?
1: Uh, I think they were good on the injuries. Pat Fryermuth got dinged up. Personally, for me, I thought that he just got the wind knocked out of him.
0: He came yeah. Back him. Um, it looked like he got hit, like, in the solar
1: plexus a little bit. Yeah, he took one right in the chest and... I think it just like that pop just kind of shook him up a little bit, but I think that he'll be fine. He obviously came back in the game. Um, Mike Williams is dealing with something. I wrote in my notes, but I don't know what exactly, because they're not talking about it a lot. Yeah. See if they updated it all since I did this. It looks like he, has a, he might have a concussion, so that's something to monitor as well. Obviously, Jacoby Myers had a nasty hit. He's also dealing with a concussion, another guy you should monitor. Yeah, had
0: a great game, too. Like, he was balling. Eight yeah. catches, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Like, honestly, I kind of was fading him going into the year because you had so many options. It almost – like, I was expecting Hunter Renfro to be, like, that number two, but Renfro was fighting for snaps with, like, these other random, like, dudes. Yeah, he's in dudes. trouble. Like it's not looking good. Like if you have any shares of him, he's definitely not
1: somebody that I would even consider rostering right now. Um, I have him in but, dynasty, and I was very close to dropping him during my during my waiver last night. I still yeah. want to hold on. But
0: um, one last thing I did want to mention um, on the injury front: um, this came out today. Um, so Travis Kelsey on his podcast, he said that he might play this week. Um, i think will be back. Yeah, which will be interesting. I mean, the tight ends were a hot mess last week. I think there was two run, or two tight ends that got over 50 yards. Um, I thought
1: um, Noah Gray was pretty solid, actually, last week. but
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, like, the longer that Kelsey's out, the more that, like, I think people are going to panic about Mahomes because, like, Moore didn't get it done. Like, I thought Gray was serviceable, but, like, he's not Travis Kelsey. But, like, mm-hmm. Kelsey is very much that safety blanket. And, like, MBS didn't really do nothing for me. We already know Kadarius Tony had very rough showing. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that offense kind of picks up over time. But I, yeah, I think he comes back this week too. So I'm,
1: we'll I'm throwing Kadarius Tony into a few DFS lineups bounce back game. Yeah. I'm going to throw him in there. Cause like he made a fool of himself, honestly. And like he went on Instagram right after and just started like posting on his story about the giants too. Like he, he has something to show.
0: Um, yeah. Also,
1: real quick. I, I didn't have my list. He just came back. Cause it just popped up But Kenneth Gainwell. Um, yeah, he's out for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He's out. So I'm actually another DFS thing. I don't know which one it's going to be, but Rashad Penny's going to be free. So I'm going to throw him in there. Yeah, possibly.
0: it's interesting because he got, like, benched last week. Like, he didn't even shoot up. Like, he was just,
1: like, didn't even get to do cardio. He was just out there. I mean, yeah, I, I think it depends on the team how Sirianni is going to handle that. And I just think that everybody's going to think it's swift. So why not throw Penny into a DFS lineup and it ends up being right? Then that's how you're going to win your money.
0: Yeah, penny for pennies. I like it. All right, um, so we've got another question in the chat. Um, So this is from Tom Wellings. Welcome to the show. Um, Love the background pick, by the way. Um, Big Rick Astley guy. Um, But this week, who you got? Uh, Geno
1: Smith, Brock Purdy. So the Seahawks have the Lions, which could be a sneaky shootout game, but their defense actually looked pretty good last week against the Chiefs. Um, Purdy has the Rams. I think the Rams are the worst defense in football. They might have played up last week, but personally, I just don't think that that's how it's going to be. I would go with Purdy. Also, the fact that Gino didn't do well last week is a negative sign for me him this week. I need to see it from him because last year year could have been a fluke.
0: I know last week we talked about that very scenario where it's like, Gino, like he was technically the QB five overall points in the season. Um, He didn't even throw for 200 yards and like didn't even come close to it last week. Um, yeah. which is shocking With you think about all the options JSN played last week. Um, I'm with you. Um, looking at the stats for Bra- Brock Purdy, like he's passed for at least two touchdowns pretty much like in every game that he's played. So I think that he's a low ceiling kind of player, um, but he's definitely got a high floor. Hard to argue with that offense, like that they're not going to be doing well um, in I thought he was going to honestly struggle more like in game speed coming back from the, the arm injury. Cause yeah. he didn't get a lot of tread in preseason, but he looked pretty good. I mean, that throw that he had on Patrick Peterson, I was absolute money. Um, yeah. So he looks like he's all the way back, um, which is good signs if you uh, are a 49er fan. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a lot of interest in Geno Smith at all. Um, I had him coming into the ranks at 14, um, but I don't feel too strongly about
1: him. So he was only in my top just because of the matchup. Yeah. He didn't do anything for me to increase him.
0: No, that's fair. And then let me see uh, if I look at real quick. um, What was the, what is their rank from like, just like QB points perspective. I think that, um, what is it? Uh, So Geno Smith has, if you take everything that happened last week seriously and say like, yes, like this is the truth. Um, Detroit was actually the sixth worst, like the sixth best matchup for QBs last week.
1: Mm.
0: But I don't know. I, I think that they're going to try to keep it out of his hands um, and just kind of run the run the rock, pick their battles. But yeah, I wouldn't play Gino if I didn't have to. Cool. All right. So um, let's transition a little bit. Um, actually, Tom actually had a secondary question. Um, Boyd P. Ryan London, do I pray he gets the reps? Um We're actually going to be talking a little bit about the Atlanta Falcons um, kind of pass catchers in a little bit here. Um, I know personally for me, um, I don't have a lot of faith in the Atlanta offense right now. I think it's evident that um, they don't have a lot of confidence in their quarterback room with Ritter. Um, P. Ryan got some good shred last week. Um, He would be my pick for the flex. Um, I do think Burrow bounces back, but for Tyler Boyd, third option in the offense. P. Ryan and – Javante seem to like split reps pretty 50-50. I think they're going to want to keep him fresh, want to keep things going. Um, so to me, like P Ryan seems to be that better option. Um, Boyd, I don't know if I would roster him. I know he's like a probably the, one of the better wide receiver threes in the game, but I think there's a lot more upside that you can chase. Um, he's kind of like an injury-dependent boost if somebody else goes down. Um, but I don't know. Drew, what are your thoughts?
1: To be honest, I kind of want Tom to throw some – guys in off waivers because yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to start any of the three um, I think that P. Ryan like he was a 50-50 last week I have the snap counts here but I think that Javante Williams is going to be slowly increasing that and uh, it was pretty clear that when P. Ryan was on the field to me it didn't look like they wanted to give him the ball as much whereas when Javante was on the field like they were like he's getting the rock um, I felt like Piran was more of a pass protection guy. Yeah. Uh, no, that's very true. I mean, like, they spent a lot of time in the
0: two minute drill. They played a lot of hurry up. Um, and Piran is the back for that. He's like very well defined as like the third down right. back for them. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a game script de- dependent thing. Yeah. Um, Also, something that just popped up on my phone while we were chatting here. I know we talked about Jacoby Myers a little bit. Um, Devontae Adams actually didn't practice today with a foot injury. Um, So Hunter Renfro's season might be back after all. Um, So something to monitor there. Um, But, yeah, uh, P. Ryan, he's definitely not going to be getting carries regularly. It's going to be kind of like those dump-off plays um, in the two-minute drill. Um, So we'll see how that shakes. Um, So he's going to be your third-down guy, two-minute guy. To me, he gives the safest floor out of the three. Um, so that, that's kind of why I picked him, but I'm with you. If you have better options available on the waivers, then I would definitely explore. I would drop Boyd and kind of see what you can do with that. Sweet. Awesome. All right, so let's transition a little bit. Um, let's kick it to some of like, the headlines from last week. So um, week one, always full of tons of surprises. Um, we had a lot of players that exploded. Um, I'm hoping... Well, I don't really care, honestly. Uh, if Calvin Ridley ends up popping off for the season, so be it. Um, but he obviously had a great game. The thing that I thought was most interesting to talk about today, I mean, we can read people's stat lines, but I think that they're competent enough to figure that stuff out. But to me, there's very much, and we've seen the league move in this direction. There's a lot of different committees in the running back position right now. Uh, we talked a little bit about Javante Williams and Samaje Pirine. Um, but we saw in a lot of different places where it was like someone, for example, that comes to mind is like Joe Mixon. We thought that like now that P Ryan's off the team, is he going to get an uptick in utilization, third down work? Didn't really see it. Um, we saw Chuba Hubbard actually have a good amount of playing time in Carolina, even though they just saw Miles Sanders. We saw somebody who got signed um, in Penny, um, Rashad Penny in Philadelphia, who didn't even get a cap. Um, So Drew, is there anybody in particular that's in these kind of like uncertain running back committees that you are like, Hey, like I'm excited about, I want to chase this guy, maybe like a buy low candidate or anything like that, that sticks out in your mind.
1: I think for me, the only guy for me is the chiefs backfield. Um, Isaiah Pacheco. We coming into it, he was going to be our guy. Like right. we always knew that he was a guy that we wanted to get because he was going to get the most of the carries. But the thing that stood out for me there was that he was getting a lot of the like design passing work as well. Jarek McKinnon was completely out of the picture. Um, the snap counts don't really suggest that something's up there, which is what's a little weird to me. Um, where are they at here? Like Jarek McKinnon almost played as many snaps as Isaiah Pacheco, but like when he was on the field, they didn't target him. But when Isaiah Pacheco was on the field, if he didn't carry and they were in passing like they were in passing situations, he he was targeted. He had four targets, which led all of their backfield. Jarek McKinnon only had one. Um and it seemed like Jarek McKinnon also lost work the CEH, which was a complete, you know. Yeah, that was weird. Um, we should have seen that coming. Um I don't really think that there's a lot out there to be honest. Um, the one that
0: stood out to me was Roshon Johnson. Um, I know he kind of got some like garbage time duty, yeah, um, but was he was very much like their third down running back, and he looked like the best running back on that team to me. Like he's like a perfect like stash and hold. Granted, I imagine that if people did have him rostered, knowing that he scored that touchdown, they're not somebody that he's gonna drop. But if he's somebody that's sitting out there on waivers because he's like their second, third string running back and they have Khalil Herbert. Um to me, like that's like a guy that I'm looking at. Um the other one uh would be uh Tajay Spears. He actually had the most snaps out of all Titans running backs, which is surprising. Um that liar, though. That's not.
1: there's no way that happens again. Unless no,
0: is. no. I mean, it was interesting though to me because it's like, all right, like Derek Henry still got 15 carries, he had two targets, but Tajay Spears, like I have no qualms about him. Like he's like that handcuffed for that team. Granted, Tennessee Titans, at least according to PFF going into the year, worst offensive line in football. But when you're kind of looking for those diamonds in the rough, who's somebody that can you could pick up in an injury situation, um, that's someone that I really liked. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. What
1: well, that um, really tells you to me is like they were trying their best to, you know, push the ball downfield and, you know, not run the ball, which is what we expected. And they weren't doing a very good job of it, to be honest. So, like that that makes me want to trade DeAndre Hopkins even more, to be yeah. honest. No, that's fair.
0: I'm I'm I feel you there. The the last one that I did want to bring up was the Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson oh, kind of yeah. backfield. So Robinson, I mean, we all know he was more of like the the ground attack running back for them. And then Gibson was kind of like the guy in the on the pass catching, but Gibson only got three carries last week. Um and then Brian Robinson had 19. Gibson also had another fumble. It didn't seem like it impacted his playing time all that much, but something really to monitor. Um, and it seems like Robinson is getting more of that third down work as well. So it almost feels like and this happens a lot with Antonio Gibson. So it, to me, like he was somebody I thought that was going to be like a viable flex option, especially coming from like an Eric enemy offense. Like, oh, like how's he going to use the running backs? Probably going to be throwing those off. Give Sam Howell some easy dump offs. But we didn't really see that at all last week. Um, I feel like Robinson, he's definitely got like a, I don't think his ceiling is that high in that offense, Um, but I do think he has like a serviceable running back to kind of like play that you have there. Um, But yeah, I mean, Gibson, even dating back to last year, his carries were on the decline. And it seems like there's a lot more of that um, coming in this year. So Gibson's kind of like on that fence of like, how long am I really going to hang on to him before I cut him loose? They don't Um, like him. No
1: i I wouldn't even keep him
0: yeah I,
1: I I'm at that point um I don't have any shares of Gibson I didn't draft him anywhere in redraft um I just think that Brian Robinson is their guy it's the problem is, is' like he's not really like he's not really that explosive that you're gonna get like the Homer from him, and I don't see him like doing it that much in the passing game, which he's gonna get a little bit of like. Targets, but sure, I think where we saw a lot of that shift instead of going to Gibson. Is it went to Logan Thomas, which right? Logan really Thomas had himself a
0: good game, especially for like missing most of the last season. You had a lot of like who's going to be the tight end, um, but yeah, he he kind of showed out, which is funny because I mean, Terry McLaurin obviously was slowed down by the foot, he played but wasn't really himself. I thought Jahan Dotson was going to come in and dominate, but really the biggest beneficiary ended up being Logan Thomas,
1: yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about that last week. My only fantasy pick obviously reflected what I thought would happen, and it was Logan Thomas this entire time. But he led all of tight ends and targets last week, which was, I would have never thought no. that would happen. Mm-mm.
0: No, definitely not. But yeah, cool. So I think, I think it's something interesting to monitor, um, especially knowing like this first week, like you had a possibility that, like even with like a well drafted team, you could have scored legit like 12 points last week. And, like, there's, like, nothing you can do. I had a team that I was like, this team's going to be undefeated. 70 points. Like...
1: Same thing happened, man.
0: It happens. Um, but I think the key is, is it's like, you think about the fantasy football season. You pretty much need seven wins to get into the playoffs, and you got six people getting in. Um, so, it's like, don't panic after week one. If you get two, three weeks in and you're still having those kind of results, that's when you need to start shifting. Or, it's like, on the flip of it, to me, like, Garrett Wilson's, like, an interesting one. Like, especially if you can get him on the cheap, maybe not necessarily in a redraft league. I don't have a lot of buy in there, but if like, he's on a contender for like dynasty and you can scoop him up for like subpar value right now because of that injury. It's like, until we see what happens in the full scope of the game, that, that unknown and that discomfort from last year is going to be there.
1: Just wait one more week though. They're playing Dallas this week. Mm, That's a good call. Think about what they're going to do to Zach Wilson. Like, they're going to completely fall off a cliff when they see that. And you're going to get them even cheaper. You wouldn't yeah. even have to worry about like, you know, the risk. Like it's, it's going to happen. It's yeah. on its way.
0: Let's see. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens there, but all right. So now let's transition a little bit. Um, a lot of different things, like we said, to talk about, but headlines, I feel like the committee stuff always the most interesting, um, but let's transition a little bit into fantasy football tender. Um, So if you haven't been with us before, um, kind of the premise of this is we're trying to figure out, like, what are these key scenarios that are happening um, within the fantasy football landscape? And are these things that we're on board with and we're going to swipe right on it? We're going to say, all right, we're putting our chips in for that. Or we're not really feeling too good. think there's better options out there for us. And we're going to swipe left. Um, So what you'll see, um, like, for example, uh, Zachary Smith, does he know ball? Um, You can either swipe left, swipe right. True ball knowers like Drew and I. We're obviously going to be swiping right on that people that don't watch the around the four one two fantasy show, probably going to give it the X, but um, all that to say, we definitely got some options out there. So first profile that we want to look at is going to be the pass catchers for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so we saw last week, Drake, tar- Drake, London only got one target, pretty much put up a goose egg, Kyle Pitts, We talked about this last week on the show. He, um, really has been playing a lot more in line. They want to use him as a blocker, at least that's what they talked about. Um, and then Mac uh, Mac Collins is just there. Absolute beast of a human, but not really contributing a whole lot. Um, and B. John Robinson actually led their team in targets. So, um, Drew, swipe right, swipe left. How are you feeling about the Atlanta receiving tight end core moving forward as the season goes?
1: I feel terrible about... Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I have a lot of shares of Kyle Pitts, a lot of shares of Kyle Pitts. I feel absolutely horrible for him. Um, this was probably one of the easiest swipe lefts we've had from last year. Um, I'm actually worried about Tyler Algier, too. Um, given his week one, most people will probably be like, why? Um, mainly because I think he's touchdown dependent, first and foremost. And I think that this situation is really just Brees Hall from last year. They have started out with Michael Carter. And it's just gonna every week. There's Bijan's gonna do something. He's gonna have a step back cut and split two defenders and score a touchdown like he did. That last was week. so fire, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that he was, was sick. so like, sick. Like, he is so sick. So every week something's gonna happen, and it's gonna get to the point where like Algier is not gonna be usable either. Like he is a sell high to me right now. Get what you can because it's gonna get to the point where Bijan just has to get the ball. Um, he led their team in targets this week. Bijan did. Yeah, he had six. The next highest, Matt Collins had four. Yeah, there's that's what it's going to be. And honestly, I'm a little concerned about starting Bijan right now just because of the snap count. It was 50-50. But like you have to play him because he only needs one touch to, to pay off, and it's always going to be that way. But every week it's going to get worse for Tyler Algier. Every week it's going to get worse for Kyle Pitts and Drake London. They're going to have – You know, Kyle Pitts had some decent air yards. I'll give him that. Um, But Desmond Ritter has not been able to show that he can complete a pass to Kyle Pitts. And it's so much easier for him to just do the Brock Purdy thing where he's going to dump it off the Bijan and just let him yak, just yak all day. And that's going to be the way that they're going to operate on their offense. So Pitts, London, Algier for the moment you know, you have a couple weeks here where you can, you could start him. But like I, like I said, I would sell high cause I think it's going to get to the point where it's just going to be the Bijan show and he's going to be the only guy you're going to start.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm with you, man. Like I'm also on the swipe left train. I'm not sure if I feel as strongly as you do about Algier, just because of like the sheer volume that it's very evident that they're looking to run. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked whenever the season started last year and they weren't throwing a lot, it was like, all right, Marcus Mariota is more of a runner. It's expected, like, kind of like that West Coast offense that, like, he thrived in in Oregon um, that you didn't really see translate as well, like, once he got to Tennessee. But, like, maybe they're just trying to protect that. Um, Then it was like, okay, so now we got Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter I wouldn't consider as, like, a mobile quarterback in the sense that, like, he's not, like, a primary runner, like, I wouldn't put him in, like, the Lamar Jackson, um, Justin Fields, even, like, uh, Kenny Pickett, where, like, he kind of is more of a stationary quarterback, um, and he's going to sling it. You saw him sling it a lot when he was at Cincinnati, and they have pretty much, like, neutered him at this point. Um, I would say that even Brock Purdy, like, at least Brock Purdy's going out there and throwing some times. Like, mm-hmm. they only had 51 snaps. They only threw the ball, like, 20 times out of that. So, they're running see? more – then, um, then they're throwing, which you don't really see a lot in NFL today. Um, but to me, like, yeah, I have like huge concerns um, from a dynasty perspective, like London um, and Pitts, like I'm not too, too worried about. It's obviously puts a sting on the year, um, but maybe they figure things out. Um, Drake London had some pretty good games last year with um, Desmond Ritter when he first came on. Um, so I do think that there is going to be a play there. Um, and the talent is just too good to just flat out drop them at this point. But I'm definitely exploring other options. Um, the the pit side definitely scares me. Um, for Algier, though, I, to me, it's like if Atlanta's going to be in a close game or favored, I think he does get the work. I think that it's weird where if you look at say like last year, I know I mentioned this to you yesterday, when you're thinking about like the Detroit situation, we had um, DeAndre Swift and then Jamal Williams, where it's like they had these very two like contrasting roles like what everybody and their mother says about two running backs like thunder and lightning like in the history of all time like every running back duo has always been thunder and lightning um but it's like a um with Bijan, like Bijan is a three down like horse like he doesn't need to be like oh we're gonna throw someone in the goal line because he's not big enough or he needs someone to go and pass protect because he can't really run routes like he does it all Um, but I think part of it too is like, I don't know, like Atlanta, like wants to keep him fresh and use him in a lot of different ways. So I think if the game's close, like Algier gets a tread, um, but ultimately not really feeling great about the pass catchers. It's, it's disappointing. I know Ritter, like to me was somebody that I was kind of excited potentially drafting, um, when he was coming out, like I thought he was going to do pretty well, but they're not doing a whole lot of anything with him. So
1: I just want to add, and he, Chad asked a question that I can chime in on too, um, the thing for me with Algier is if he doesn't score those two touchdowns, he's 15 for 75, right? Like he's he's absolutely touchdown dependent, and that's with them at 50-50. I think it was – the snap count was like 53% Bijan, 47 Algier or something. Yeah, like 32 snaps to 28. It was pretty close. Yeah, um, I, I just really think every week that's just going to separate. And by week five, if we're looking at 70-30 – You had the opportunity to sell high on Algier, and I think that there's a better chance that that happens. And in terms of Cordell Patterson, I personally think that he's moving out wide. I think that most of the preseason, they were weaning him out to be a wide receiver. I think he could be a slot guy. Um, He might get into the backfield some, but like Bichon is just so good and you can't like Drake London and Pitts are really good. Like if you know ball, you know that they're very good, but like, (laughs) yeah, the talent's there. But Desmond Ritter, if he can't get it to him, you can mask that. You can't hide the fact that Bijan is good. And it, when he shows it, those fans are just going to have Arthur Smith's head if he's not out there. It just – you can't mask that. And it's just going to get to the point where it's Brees Hall of last year and he's just going to be on the field so much. Michael Carter is going to be – was gone. Algiers going to end up being gone.
0: It's me. I'm fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so
1: let's hit a, a couple more
0: questions here. Um, so – Would you trade uh, Puka Nakua, who's actually our next Tinder profile, so I'll actually swipe over to that real quick since we finished this first one. Um, Would you trade Puka Nakua for Debo Samuel half PPR?
1: I think that you should obviously think about trading Puka Nakua, selling like very, very, very high. But I don't think Debo is the one that I want because I – I believe in Ayuk. I think that week one Ayuk is what we wanted it to be the whole time. Yeah. I mean like maybe two touchdowns every week, but I, I think that IUK is the best wide receiver on that team. So I, I don't want Debo to be relevant and I don't think that he should be relevant. I think that Ayuk is the guy. So I don't think Debo is the one that you want, but if you went on keep trade cut and I know like dynasty calculators are BS, um, but he went up 116 slots and now he's in the top 100 he's ahead of guys like alexander madison javante williams like guys like that like that is a significant and he wasn't drafted
0: or was like a very late pick in most dynasty drafts like he was like third round like or later pick
1: drew buckets here picked him up right after the draft like this dude i don't want to i don't want to like get ahead of myself because of the tender, but like let's just can we, can we just go right into the tinder I'm we can get the into the tinder super it's super. all right drew hit with the super like dude, he like, said
0: hey baby let me come here real quick
1: i don't watch a lot of college football like i'm trying to get into it more but like between december and the draft like i just dive in on tape because it's it's fun i like evaluating the draft and i like going on the show with zach during the draft like the draft is fun i like puka was this dude that like immediately stood out to me he he reminds me of, like, Julian Edelman, like, when he – like, his style of play. But, like, he looks like COVID Cole Beasley out there. So, like, it's, it's weird. Like, he's he looks like a slot guy. But, like, the reason why I love Puka – and it it does not matter when Cooper Cup comes back to me. I, I think that Puka – and I'm going to whisper something to you guys. Like, I was a little annoyed, honestly, because, like, I was in on this for, like, a while. But the tweets started to circulate about what people catching on to this – Puka Nakua is not a slot guy. That is Bobby Trees you're looking at right there. Puka Nakua is Bobby Trees. He only lined up in the slot like 25 or 27% of the time on last week. Like, this dude is going to be relevant when Cooper Cup comes back. I mean, Cooper Cup is still going to be the guy, but you're not going to get 15 targets. But like, if you get eight targets, the dude makes plays, and eight targets is going to be enough. Like, he has a terrible matchup this week, and I'm still flexing him because I do think that those 10 to 15 targets are real.
0: Um, yeah, let me let me just jump in real quick because uh, I'm also gonna swipe right with you. Um, one of the first people that I actually heard talk about him was um, <laughs> Derek Brown Debra from Fantasy Pros, um, and he's brought up a lot of like really good statistics about like how Puka Nakua performed like in college as far as like his like ability to get open, ability to get contested catches, like all of that stuff. Um, to me, like the big key here is that there's no one that's really elevated themselves in the Rams offense. Like Tutu Atwell hasn't really done a lot. They've tried bringing bring in guys like Allen Robinson, like hasn't really fared all that well. Um, to me, I was thinking that Tyler Hickby was going to be the biggest beneficiary there. But, I mean, not that he had a bad game, but um, Puka definitely showed out. He's been something they talk about a lot during camp, um, and I don't expect that to change. Um, while we're on the subject of the um, – uh, of The Rams, uh, another question we had, Cameron, we'll get to yours just here in a second. Um, is Higby a better option than Pitts even after Cup comes back? Um, to me, I'm I don't know if you can back. make that call now that you have Puka Nakua. I think like the upside for um Higby going into the season was hey, they don't have a clearly defined second target option in, a, in on that team. I think Puka is very quickly establishing himself as that, he's going to be the number one guy, and while Cup is out. Higby still is that number two role. I think he's still going to get more targets than Tutu out well, anybody else in the team. Um, but I think that he slides into that three role if Cup is able to come back, which who knows if he does.
1: Yeah, I I love Puka. Like every year at, at rookie draft time, I pick out tape on all these running backs and all these wide receivers. I pick one guy from each position. I'm just like, I need to have this dude at the end of my rookie draft. This year was Roshon Johnson. You knew I was crazy about Roshon Johnson.
0: It was um, annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that he would. I think he would have went in the second round, maybe even first round, if Bijan wasn't there. If he was just the guy in college, like he would have been really touted. And then Puka was my wide receiver. Um, I know that there was a lot of stuff with Tank Dell, but Puka was this dude. Like he just balls out. Like it, he's not that big, he's not that fast, but like he just he's such a good player. He reminds me so much of Julian Edelman because he just gets it done. And I'm gonna say it again. And I'm gonna talk right into the mic. Puka Nakua is Bobby Trees. He is not a slot guy that's going to completely fade when Cooper Cup comes back. And again, we don't even know when that's going to be. Like week five is just like a prayer at this point. He has he even returned to the team from his second opinion? I don't even know. No, I don't like, know if he ever came I don't back. Think he has like it's it's starting to think it's like week eight is like a possibility. Like sure. is a thing. Like even with the bad matchups he has. He is not Cup. Like, he he could play in the slot, but he lines up outside a lot. Okay, 40s, but, like, size. Like, Cooper Cup's, like, a bigger guy. Like, he's not, like, thick, but, like, he's taller. Like, he's a small, like, stocky guy. Okay. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's definitely going to be
0: interesting to see. All right, so let's get to this question from Cameron. Cameron, welcome to the show. I don't think we've seen you on here before. Um, hey, fellas, can you please help me out with a RB2, wide receiver 2, and flex for week 2, full PPR. Zay Flowers, Drake London, Zay Jones, Elijah Moore, Javante Williams, Brian Robinson Jr. Um, so looking at these, I mean, Zay Flowers, we didn't really talk about him at all, but fantastic showing last week. Like, dude looked electric um i'm already kicking myself i wanted to take zay flowers i had back-to-back picks because of a trade in dynasty and i knew i was going to take jordan addison and i went back and forth between qj and flowers i took qj and i'm like shit this isn't good um he immediately like any thoughts of like oh like maybe Bateman comes back and is the guy no zay flowers I think
1: qj's gonna be good
0: qj's gonna be good but like i need him good like
1: today Right. Yeah. I mean, I think Zay's numbers, to be honest, are a little inflated. Um, I still, like, I loved him too. We talked about it pre draft. Yeah. And as soon as he went to the Ravens, you know how pissed I was. Um, I just think that Mark Andrews wasn't there. So, like, oh, like yeah, they were for sure. trying to design something. He's still going to be good, but I think Mark Andrews comes back this week and we're going to have a better idea of what he actually is. But they do design touches for him. Um, I think Brian Robinson is a guy you definitely got to get in your lineup.
0: Yeah. And, I would uh, agree with that
1: for sure. Zay Jones, I like, but I, it's, are we really going to have Ridley and Zay Jones every week? Or is it going to be like Ridley and like mixing a Christian Kirk week kind of thing? like Christian So Christian from Williams, what I
0: saw like, from that game last week, so Zay Jones was second on the team in charges. Christian Kirk is basically back to the same role that he was in Arizona, which is crazy to me because they gave him all that money to sign in Jacksonville only to turn around and he's basically like their wide receiver three right now. So based on the options that you have, Drake London's like, there's no chance in, that he's getting in my lineup. Zay Flowers is a lock. Brian Robinson's a lock. And then it's really between Zay Jones, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore does some interesting things because they light him in the backfield. Um, and they let him like run a little bit. Um, but to me, like Zay Jones has the safer play. Um, looking at the stats from last week. Um, let me pivot over to the receiver numbers. Um, Yeah. uh, Pittsburgh didn't really give up a ton as far, or uh, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, Yeah. Pittsburgh actually have it backwards. So they were a top five play for receivers last week. Um, So bodes well for Amara Cooper, Elijah Moore. Um, But I I think that they're going to bounce back and I don't have a lot of faith in Watson. Um, If we're looking at uh, Kansas city, Potential for a high-scoring game. Um, they also gave up a lot of points to wide receivers. So, to me, I'm going to lean slightly to Zay Jones, um, but um, it's probably like a 60-40 like, coin flip for me between Jones and Moore. But I would say Flowers for sure, b Rob for sure, and then one of Zay Jones, Elijah Moore, depending on how you feel.
1: I like Javante Williams a bit this week, too. I, I actually uh, I almost made him my only fantasy, too. Um, I think that we're going to see him explode maybe like week four. Because I think they had the Chicago Bears that week. I've been looking ahead for that. Um, definitely B Rob. Um, Elijah Moore does interest me a little bit just because he outsnapped Amari Cooper and them by a lot. Like, I think it was. Amari Cooper was like third on their team and snaps for wide receivers yeah he was a little banged
0: up last week he didn't really go too yeah. great um but yeah so i feel you on that um moving down our comments here kind of keep this moving uh chas he's new here welcome to the show Chaz. glad you're here um hope you're enjoying yourself um randy also welcome to the show would you trade um aj brown for saquon barkley
1: um got to know more about your roster construction i mean saquon has the arizona cardinals this week and they were a bit scrappy last week but i don't know that defense that. played so much better than i was expecting to be honest with you yeah they were frisky but i don't see that happening two weeks in a row i think the giants need to have a like ginormous bounce back game this week so i kind of i would like to have saquon i don't know which side he has either
0: yeah uh, to me i would say that like AJ Brown's still, like, in a bit of a higher tier. I think, like, if I'm – they're not that far off from each other, but I think AJ Brown has a little bit more of the upside. I think a lot of that being baked in is that the the, the Giants looked horrible last week, um, so I think that's kind of, like, got people on edge, but um, he's doing his thing. Um, so I think that you can. To me, I don't know if I would want to give up really on either side, which I guess means that it's probably a pretty decent trade. Right. Um, but I don't – I don't know. I don't really feel too strong about it.
1: Um, and I I don't think it worries you as much, but I, I think Devontae Smith has such a significant role in that offense that, like, I think I would – I think personally I would prefer to have Saquon that I know he has no clear competition um, week over week. It's just that – I mean, last week the Dallas – defense is just absurd they're crazy man yeah just like the Jets defense which that matchup this week's gonna be crazy but uh um I wouldn't put any stock into that game last week I think that that game was a complete throwout so I I think one will bounce back and be good
0: all right let's see where I'm getting lost in the sauce in the comments (laughs) here but we'll keep working through them um so uh Chaz had asked is Kenny Pickett still worth to keep on the team Drew please eliminate all biases that you may have I will also try to do so. As somebody who bought a Kenny Pickett jersey last Saturday, um, but what are you thinking about it?
1: Yes, I, I would still keep him because I, I think that last week's game was still kind of a throwout. the The or the Niners are just way better than us. They came out, they kicked the shit out of us. Um, it was a complete lost cause. I, I still think that he has that second year leap upside, but I'm not starting him until I see it. I, yeah, I, I don't so- think you should bail out yet. To me, this is a make or break
0: week for him. If he struggles yep. this week, um,
1: then there's no way.
0: Um, there's going to be different options that you can have out there. Um, although quarterbacks around the board struggle pretty
1: heavy. I mean, um, he was actually one of the better ones and he looked absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like,
0: cool. Um, moving on to our boy Chad, longtime supporter. Um, are you crazy for thinking Laporta looked like a clear sell and so slow? Ceiling might be a bad Dawson Knox. I actually like the way that LaPorta played. I think especially until they get Jamison Williams back, there's not really another option. So if I think about like what you can do with it, um, to me, I kind of like him. You don't necessarily need speed. You just need to be able to find pockets and zone defenses and let Goff bury the ball. Um, yeah. So to me, he's a hold. I don't really feel like I want to sell
1: him. I'm with Chad on this. Um, I hate it because like LaPorta is – because Chig is like not doing it for me. He's my fishbowl tight end. Um, he's – He's skirting that line where uh, Andrew Cooper doesn't want you to be. Shout out to Andrew Cooper. He, Love that he, guy. He's blocking more than we want him to, to be a fantasy tight end. I think he was in line blocking like 20% of his snaps, which is pretty. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, the reason why I know I, I was going to dive in deeper, but player profile hasn't updated any of their, their route participation stuff yet. So I've kind of been back behind on that, but he w- he went through it and he tweeted it out earlier today. Um yeah, he was in line blocking more than what we want, but he's like right on the edge of relevancy, but on the edge mm-hmm. of being Dawson Knox, like Chad said. I'm hoping that it changes a little bit. Um, because he's so dynamic after the catch. Like he he's the best thing that we've seen since George Kittle in terms of like yak at the tight end position in a long time. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Iowa. He just they're they're good yak guys, and I'd like to see him, you know, running routes and even if it's just screens, I think that he can do a lot. Um after the catch, I'm hoping that they they start to uh, you know let him run more routes. But he was in line blocking a little more than what we would like. So it's something to monitor. I wouldn't bail out yet, but yeah, it's definitely cool. something to be concerned about. All right, I like it.
0: Um, so another first time person over on Twitch. What's up, uh, Cooper Gooding Jr.? Excellent name, by the way. Uh, first time chatter. Looking at wide receiver two, thinking of starting Pittman Jr. over Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson has the Cowboys' D. Um, Anthony Richardson threw 37 times week one, which was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to me as well, and if we're being honest, Anthony Richardson looked the best out of all three rookie quarterbacks that played last week. Um, Based on what the Cowboys just did to uh, somebody who was expected to be like a competent quarterback who just got paid, I have absolutely zero confidence in Zach Wilson's ability to get the ball. Um, I would be starting Pittman Jr. over uh, Garrett Wilson without hesitation.
1: Yeah. Um, this is one of those, you have the stones to sit a guy. I mean, I probably still play Wilson just because of the capital. I'm, that's how I am. I, I would hate to see it if Zach Wilson just somehow just crushed it this week and then you sat him. Um, yeah.
0: The only reason that I'd say that I wouldn't is that one – Without um, Jonathan Taylor, that offense looked like absolutely horrible on the ground. Like they did nothing with that opportunity. Oh, yeah. Maybe Zach Moss can help out a little bit with that. But the fact that Michael Pittman's getting ten targets, like I, to me, like that appeal is just there.
1: Um, I if don't we know think it about like game guy every week, though, I, I it looked like they really wanted to get Josh Downs the ball. Josh Downs had six targets too. He also yeah.
0: um, he ran a little bit less routes than Alec Pierce, but I mean he did get some tread. I mean I liked it
1: yeah i I mean the data suggests playing Pittman jr but the heart still says wilson so it, it depends on you know what kind of fantasy player are you if you have the if you have the cojones to sit garrett wilson then it's probably the smarter thing to do i mean you're talking to a
0: guy that literally lost the dynasty league last year for starting um
1: Mr. Longneck
0: himself yeah, uh, from Davis,
1: It was a playoff game. Davis Mills over Jared Goff just because Jared Goff was playing outside. That's not. And, that's it, well, well, we're not
0: going to get into that. I can't open up those <laughs> things. Um, last thing that we do before we get into OnlyFantasy for the week, um, C.D. Smitty, not to be confused with our boy Zach Smitty Smith. Um, should I drop most of Kenneth runner. Gaywell? Um, so, here's kind of my play for you. Um, so, we already know that Kenneth Gaywell is out for this week. Drop your kicker, pick up game well, put them on your IR, and then go get a yeah. new kicker. Don't drop a player that who, won is getting the best tackle on their team back this week and is also the lead back in an emerging offense. Devin McCain didn't even see the field last week, and we don't have anything new on Jeff Wilson, so that means a lot of good stuff for Raheem Mostert, um, and I think that they're going to have an improved ground attack. Plus, it's an absolutely electric offense. I don't know if you saw the video today. They were showing like, Tyreek Hill – pretty much like every time that he was in motion, it was different. And I'm just out here trying not to get jet sweeps for my team.
1: Like, come on. So Raheem Mostert also missed practice today with a knee injury. Classic. So, I mean, he is Mr. Knee Injury. He is Mr. Hamstring. So it is very concerning. Is it the Ahmed season? Salvan Ahmed did have some tread last week. I I just wouldn't. I'm not as crazy about Gainwell because I, I think that week one was a fluke. I think it's going to be a different guy every week, and you never know. I, I really do. You know, ba- the only one you know is Boston Scott's going to have two outings. This year. <laughs> the only thing you know, like. Boston
0: Scott. <laughs> But, yeah, um, so, cool. All right, so we're going to get out of Tinder mode. We're going to talk about OnlyFantasy a little bit. Um, also, uh, Cooper Gooding, hope to see you around again. If you have any questions, either find us here or on Twitter um, at um, AT412FFshow. Um, happy to hit you and help you out wherever we can. Um, so, good to have you here today. Um, but, Drew, it's one of our favorite times of the week. Um, and It's not dinner time. It's time. Not your favorite time. For... Only fantasy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just let it rock, baby. Just let it rock. It's really funny because like you think about like our progression as like podcast people. Like last week we didn't even know how to like start the show. Yeah, and yeah. now like we're like, let's add it's a soundboard. Maybe. It's like, let's just maybe stick with the basics a little bit. Um, but we'll yeah, see still what happens.
1: Get that, I still wanna get that uh that soundboard of Smitty just going wood.
0: Oh every yeah, time, I think okay. you can
1: upload your own, so we'll we'll definitely work on it. But every single bef- time we agree, we could just have that wood pop up in the background. <laughs> we'll have to see it. We'll have to see it. If you have
0: any sound effects that you think would be funny for the show, uh, let us know. I think a lot of the stuff I have is like air horns, stuff from NBA jams, weird saxophone sounds. So yeah. we'll see what we got. So um, before we get into like our picks for this week, let's just take a look back and uh, see how we did last week. Um, so. Let's just give it, like, a big sad trombone for me because no matter what I do, every time that I pick someone for OnlyFantasy, they don't play. I don't know how this continuously happens time after time. I felt really good about Watson. Uh, Romeo Dobbs actually had a really good game, like, in his place, and I think him and Musgrave really could carve out, like, a pretty decent a pa- a passing attack for Green Bay. Jordan Love did a lot better than I expected to, um, but ultimately did not play. Um, for you, Jahan Dodson, um, decent game. It wasn't the explosive thing that we saw, um, but I think part of that maybe was with Terry McLaurin actually playing. I think a lot of us suspected that he might not. And then, like you said earlier, uh, Logan Thomas led the team in targets, which I don't think anybody had really predicted. That's so, that's
1: killed me, honestly. Yeah. McLaurin was still like, you know, he had a snap count the way they utilized him, but I couldn't predict that Logan Thomas, so it Yeah. What it is. And like
0: and like Chad said, this is your thing last year too. Yeah. So if there's anybody
1: that you're playing against
0: that you don't want to be going against you in their lineup, let me know. I'll put them as my only fantasy. And then realistically, they probably won't play that the week. The first so. like
1: six weeks, you you either had a guy that was hurt and didn't play or they got Got hurt, hurt in the game. In
0: the game, yeah. It's just the kiss of death, baby. All right. So <laughs> let's uh let's talk about this week a little bit. So um, Drew – week two only fantasy who you got
1: i have jamal williams so before you get into it how crazy is his picture like for like the, he the, the game so picture central. for this year he he's such central. a nut i love that dude yeah he kind of got those vibes of that that guy that broke out of prison he's running around pa right now that they finally caught Just like, <laughs> the look on his face like it's brutal um But, yeah, Jamal Williams is my guy this week. Um, He's consensus RB24 on ESPN for week two. I have him all the way up at RB11. Um, Looking back at the game, the Saints really pushed to try to get the run game going. Um, Yeah. They can do it. Um, They're going to try it again, and this time it's going to work out. Um, And not only is it going to work out, I do want to point out that Williams had 18 carries last week, and they only had one other running back with a carry, and it was one carry. So, like – He's got the whole thing to himself. The whole backfield, all the tart all the touches, all the targets are going to Jamal Williams. He had a 75% snap share, and they're playing the Carolina Panthers this week, who gave up 130 yards rushing to Bijan and Tyler Algier last week. So they couldn't get it going last week. They will get it going this week. I expect Jamal Williams to get into the end zone. I do have. Uh, it's only fantasy. Got to put all my baskets in there. I got him in DFS. Nice. I also have an anytime touchdown bet going for Jamal Williams because I got to put my money where my mouth is. So, Jamal Williams this week. All
0: right? I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, Chad had made a comment about, like, Dobbs. Like, what do you think um, – like, with the talent that's on offense, like, do you think it's, like, a more of the Bears and, like, a re- reflection of their defense or, like, what's going on um, when Green Bay – to me, I like Dobbs a lot. I think he popped last year, had some injury issues. Um, I think that him and Watson end up being the two guys. I think Musgrave, like, even though he put over 50 yards was one of two tight ends to do that last week, I do think that, like, the two receivers are going to be the play. And Jordan Love was putting some accurate balls out there. So, like, if they can continue to do that, I think they're both serviceable. I do think that Christian Watson um, obviously is going to be, like, the alpha in that offense, but I do think that Dobbs has a, a, a good role carved out, and he has that relationship with Love from dating back to last season, too. So um, I'm, I'm good with him.
1: I, uh, I, I'm a big Romeo Dobbs fan. Stashed him in a lot of dynasty nice leagues last year, played him a bit. Um, I, I think it's a mixture of both. I, I do think Dobbs is good, but, like, Dobbs was, like, really hampered with an injury last week. I didn't think that he was going to play. That's why sure. I considered him as an only fantasy last week, but I didn't think he was going to play. So the fact that, like, he played and balled out, I think is a mix of both. I think that with him being hurt and still being able to do good, it still had a lot to do with the Bears' defense as well, just because I, I thought he was maybe at, like, 60 or 70% going into No, that's play. fair. That yeah, I,
0: I thought that he had less of a chance to play than Christian Watson. Then all exactly. of a sudden it was like, whoa, like, all right. And that was my reasoning part of it, too, was like, all right, like, he's the only guy
1: are they're going to throw it to, a boom, like
0: it's going to be good. But, exactly. hey, you win some, you lose some, or you just get your money back because it was a push because they didn't actually play. So That's we'll why
1: I didn't read in DFS because I, I didn't think either of them would play.
0: Yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, it was solid play for sure. All right. So, thinking about, like, my guy for week two, ultimately it's going to be Nico Collins, uh, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that I thought Anthony Richardson looked the best out of all – rookie quarterbacks but what i thought was interesting about the houston game um yes they had a negative game script and we're probably looking at that a lot but even when the game was tied um they were throwing the ball quite a bit um and to me that's kind of scary if you're thinking about damian pierce like you thought that like he was going to really tear it up but like he didn't really have like that big of a showing um they had ran 77 plays nico collins was on the field for 55 of them Um, Had 11 targets, Um, so I was really happy with that start. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 16 this week. He's going uh, consensus as wide receiver 40, Um, but I do think he's really that number one person in that offense. Uh, If we look at the matchup um, against the Colts, um, obviously a divisional game, so anything can happen, but um, they gave up 42.3 points to wide receivers last week, Um, and so that was a top-seven play. Um, and I think that, like, Nico Collins, he's somebody the last couple of years that they've been talking about, like, hey, like, this could be the guy. Like, he could really break out. And I think we're seeing the start of it. Um, one thing we did talk about a little bit about before the show is that, like, with Tank Dell, they're wanting to get him more involved in the offense. Um, you obviously have Robert H- uh, Robert Woods still lurking around. Um, but, uh, listen, Chad, I need some, I need some wins. Already. Let me rock, baby. Did you
1: say um, 16 and only this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can subscribe to who I want. It's my money, baby. Come on, but uh, yes, I feel really good about Nico Collins. Um, I'm putting him in all my lineups if I have him. Um, But we'll we'll see how it shakes. But yeah, one
1: more thing, if I could, real quick. Yeah, absolutely. um, So I wanted to add to the Damian Pierce part. I actually had a note in here from one of my my recaps of the games. I'm very concerned about Damian Pierce. Um, Eleven carries, and I. I tried to go through the game and just to see if it was game script dependent. It wasn't, it wasn't it was, at all. It was until like late in the third. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that stood out to me too, is Devin Singletary was not the second guy. It was Mike Boone. It was, there was a lot of, yeah. Mike Boone, a lot of snaps. Um, I, that didn't make any sense to me, but I'm worried about Damian Pierce because like he, he has to get volume. If he's, if he doesn't get volume, he's not paying off on where you draft him period. Like he needs to get volume. He needs to score touchdowns. Sure. And 11 carries ain't going to do it for you.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, no, I think that's a good place to leave it. Yeah, definitely someone to be concerned about. Um, Potentially also a buy-low candidate, too. So I think it'll be interesting how his utilization is this week. Um, But that being said, we're going to wrap up here for the day. I want to give a shout-out to uh, the people in the comments. A lot of good questions on the show today. A lot of good dialogue. Love to see that. Um, like we mentioned, if you're enjoying the show, if you feel like you're getting a lot of stuff out of it, um, please hit the subscribe button. Um, so that way we can help you every single week. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter, um, you can see our names below, like on the show. Those are our personal handles, so you can reach out to us with questions, or you can hit us with the show handle at four uh, one two ff show. Um, so yeah, at four one two ff show uh, there. But that's it for this week. Joe Frick, Drew Hannis. Y'all keep it classy out there, and let's get them dubs this week. Later, peeps. Later.